Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> what is up, everybody? It is Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. Hope you are doing well. Thank you, as always, for listening. And we are back around again to Hump Day Blogorama weekly show where I'm talking about stuff I spotted on the RPG blogosphere. Discuss it here on the podcast and put up all the links for you to find easily over at the Thought Eater blog, frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. Well, hope y'all are doing well, but uh, wife is out of town for a work thing, conference deal. So I'm doing the old single dad thing. It's quite a bit. I've got a ton of respect for single parents, my mom included. I think of a what me and my little brother put her through back in the day, you know. Got a lot of respect for for all you single parents out there. Um, so that's kept me preoccupied. And then uh, what else is going on? Doing a lot of prep for my upcoming Savage Worlds 1980s horror comedy game. So if you haven't checked out uh, last podcast from um, Sunday... Go back and check it out. I'm talking about the prep that I'm doing. Uh, should be interesting, hopefully, to you. And so you'll hear more from that. Uh, finally got everybody's characters in, so I'll be talking about the class of 86. You know, that's when they'll be set to graduate. The class of 86, I'll be talking about that later this coming weekend. And then Friday, something to look forward to, hopefully, for you. Uh, you know, I did a five-minute Friday last week about my biggest GM weakness, and I reached out to a lot of legendary, world-renowned anchorites, as well as a lot of other folks on social media to tell me what they find to be their greatest weakness as a GM. Got a ton of feedback, so I'm putting that all together for a Friday show that I think will be uh, an enjoyable listen, very interesting, so excited about that. So i got a couple call-ins to get to real quick. You know, did the Hump Day Bloggerama last week, I thought maybe, you know, do I get a call about the Greg Stafford piece? No. Do I get a call about the maps? No. No. What do people want to talk about? They want to talk about rat. <laughs> Yo, what up, Froth? It's Joe. I just want to say, dude, Rat and Roll was a super fun album, man. <laughs> that was dope. Anyway, I just stumbled across a new podcast the other day called Blind Hostility. Uh, I have no idea why it's called that. The dude isn't blind, but his third episode, which I think there's only four, is called uh, like top five hair metal bands of all time. And it's him and his buddy just talking about their top five favorite hair metal bands, man. And it's it was really good. I think you might get a kick out of it. Also, dude, thanks for giving Paizo a little bit of love, you know. I know they're a big company and all, but they are still an independent company. They're not big like Watsy. So I appreciate you shouting that out, man. That's awesome. Anyway, dude, keep up the awesome work. I'll talk to you later. Peace out. Robin Crosby. Froth. What a skill check you just made. That was impressive, sir. I fully endorse real-time fact-checking because... The Hump Day Blogorama is not a railroad. Side quests welcome. Awesome stuff there from TJ Drennan from the Malodorous Miasma Meltdown and Joe Richter from Hindsightless as well as Wheeler Woe. And yeah, so uh, what TJ's talking about is I, I, 
somewhere in the annals of the the froth brain i'm i put two and two together and both horn you know the horn creator originator of 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 the horn setting and the early classic era rat guitarist share a name robin crosby and um thanks for the suggestion there Joe, and then as far as the Paizo stuff goes, I, I'm not going to make any excuses. I like uh, Pathfinder 2E. Um, so, you know, it's going to get a little support around here. Um, I like a lot of different kinds of games. So, But, you know, I, last week Paizo had put up a free 26 page PDF of all the like, you know, really necessary, you know, numbers and crunch from their upcoming GM book, you know, so people can do the, make the monsters and stuff like that. And I just thought it was cool of them to do, uh, you know, to give you that stuff without having to have to buy the book. So, you know, um, I put it under the free stuff last week and, you know, they put out good free stuff. I'm absolutely going to share it. So, Anyway, I think that's all we got for the intro this week, so let us get into the maps. The map segment of Hump Day Blogorama is proudly brought to you by Frank Turfler, legendary anchorite of Frank T's Liner Notes. I've been backing Frank T's Patreon for a while. High quality, full color, world class battle maps, sci-fi, fantasy, and otherwise innovative print and paste terrain that brings your table to life multiple support tiers including a commercial tier which will allow you to use frank t's creations in your own commercial projects you can sample some of the quality of the work by looking for frank's free map friday posts so whether you are a creator that is looking for some cartography for a new project whether you are a gm gaming online or in person at the table or you're just like froth a map junkie and you can't get enough of this stuff go right now to patreon.com forward slash frank t and check it out all right so i usually start with the maps on this show because i love giving some love to the cartographers out there and i'm just a huge map junkie and i love this stuff can't get enough of it I, who knows how many gigs of of maps i've got saved on my various hard drives and uh it's good to do it too because you never know what kind of little game you're going to end up running uh you know so i try to save stuff for all kinds of different types of game and, and in fact for this uh for my new savage worlds games uh, I, I needed a battle map for a um a greenhouse happen to have a badass greenhouse battle map so Always loving to, you know, I've almost got carpal tunnel from right-clicking and saving so many maps. So let's look at some today. I thought this was really cool starting over at geeknative.com. Cubicle 7 is doing a second edition of the One Ring RPG, you know, the Tolkien Middle-Earth Lord of the Rings deal. And they've got, they've shared the cartography for the new game. So I put up an image of the Middle-Earth map that'll be in the new One Ring RPG. If you go over to Geek Native, it's got some other images that are really nice, and it'll link you over to the actual Cubicle 7 site so you can see all that. So if you're a uh, fan of uh, Tolkien's work, uh, you can check out these new Lord of the Rings maps for the new One Ring RPG 2nd Edition. 
awesome map over at the Rise Up Comus. Riseupcomus.blogspot.com. They put up a post, Maidens in the Moon, the Forest Castle, and they're playtesting their own, you know, Fantasy Heartbreaker and uh, put, you know, they've got kind of like a session recap or like a kind of like a, their module notes in this post. What really caught my eye was their hand-drawn campaign map, the Dungeon of Drood. You know, black and white line art on uh, on graph paper. Uh, just a killer-looking map for a campaign. Loved it, so I thought I would share that. Check that out and see what they're doing over at riseupcomas.blogspot.com. And then Renaissance Man of the OSR Anchorites, Ray Otis of Plundergrounds, of the Plundergrounds podcast, as well as the Viridian Scroll blog, viridianscroll.blogspot.com. I've mentioned over the last couple of weeks how um, Ray had been going through this Gygax 75 challenge where uh, you're world building according to the instructions laid out by Gygax and this old Europa kind of fanzine, wargaming uh, zine. And uh, what caught my eye on this post, they're in week two and they're going through the process of drawing a hex map and I was just looking at, you know, it's referred to as a sketch in, uh, in Ray's post, but I was just looking at this awesome hex map that they had put together and I just thought it was killer. Uh, so I shared that hex map and, and what, what Ray had been doing, you know, um, even just a, a simple sketch Ray's makes it look like, you know, it makes it look really nice. So talented artist and just, uh, I love seeing not just really you know, professionally put together things, but I also like seeing like gaming artifacts, what people's stuff looks like that they're actually using. So really cool hex map to check out at viridianscroll.blogspot.com. Then finally, this is one kind of from left field over at Delta's D&D Hotspot. Love this blog. Love what Delta does. Delta's D&D.blogspot.com. Put up a post, Friday Figures, Testing Five Foot Squares. If you use battle maps in your game, or you're used to um, certainly third edition on, um, you know the the battle maps. The scale is usually like a five foot grid, you know, five foot square grid, where you know each person will be in a five foot square. And and Delta put up a post where they're saying that someone had sent them a link to a Dutch martial arts group that was testing combat with swords and daggers in five foot squares just to test the realism of it and it says that uh, the main critique that they had walking away from it was that the squares are kind of on the small side uh, that they find themselves standing mostly on the back end of squares and there isn't really enough room to use a swords and thrusting style and stuff like that and then delta says that delta had assumed that maybe they were too large and that's kind of how my mentality had maybe been too that five foot because you just maybe sometimes don't think about the full use of weapons and you're more thinking about hey how many people can you fit in this you know elevator or whatever you know so I thought that was just an interesting um, interesting post and there's actually a video of of this Dutch group uh, testing out the five foot squares if you if you want to check that out so since that was kind of map related I thought that was kind of a fun interesting post to share with you. And as always, I want to thank Frank T from patreon.com forward slash Frank T for sponsoring the map segment. Thank you very much, Frank. 
Okay, so re- reviews and retrospectives today. We are getting kind of close to the Halloween, uh, to, to um, All Hallows' Eve, and um, over at the Vintage RPG Tumblr, vintagerpg.tumblr.com, they've been putting up some artwork from the second edition of Chill. Uh, so this is the Mayfair Games second edition released in 1990. I don't know anything about second edition chill um it mentions that the uh it kind of mentions it had a maybe a little bit darker tone than than the first edition and it says that the system is substantially different and seems kind of clunky don't know enough about it to comment on that but the artwork is really cool and the art is by joe de velasco and so i put up an image uh on the the blog to look at and then they've put up two posts so far, one of like the core book and one of a, uh, like a werewolf supplement, like canthropes. And, uh, so anyway, this was just kind of cool, dark horror art. So I thought, uh, that might be something interesting if you, I, you know, I have, I've never seen these books, you know, in person. So the artwork is certainly uh, really cool and, and, and unique. Um, so Anyway, if you want to check out some of the second edition chill art, you can find that over at vintagerpg.tumblr.com. Another uh, kind of rarity kind of game, uh, Ringworld from Chaosium, released 1984 over at waynesbooks.games. You know, Wayne, always a great place to check out if you're looking for a hard-to-find out-of-print RPG material. Um, Wayne put up a cool post taking a look at this old Ringworld box. It shows the contents and everything. Uh, has a couple other links about Ringworld and just kind of walks you through the box set. This looks like, you know, something really nice if you could find used and you're into those novels and everything. Uh, just one of those things that you just, uh, uh, you know, just a vintage thing that you don't see every day. So I thought I'd share this kind of look back at the Ringworld box. So you can see the kind of packaging and the innards of it and what it was all about. Really nicely done. Uh, high quality production values there. Okay. This caught my eye because I'd seen it come up on Twitter a couple other places. These phone PDFs that drive through RPG, different um, companies on drive through are, are releasing. You know, that are optimized and made to use on your phone. And one of them was like Zweihander. It was like a free download, so I downloaded it. And, and I, I couldn't get the links and stuff to work, but I'm glad I ended up reading this Cannibal Halfling Gaming review of these drive-through RPG phone PDFs. So CannibalHalflingGaming.com. They took a look at at least three that are out now, one of which, of course, was a Zweihander that I mentioned, another Pugmire for 5e that was out for free for a day. I got that too. And then Masks, which is, I believe kind of a maybe a powered by the apocalypse kind of spinoff sort of game is where I think it is. I could be wrong, but it's a, a superhero game. And they talk a little bit about how, you know, I use an Android phone and the, the standard PDF reader doesn't do the links right. So I'll have to get another, you know, PDF reader on here to really use it. But anyway, it's really cool how these how these things have been for, you know, more and more people use their phones to read or at the gaming table or whatever. Maybe you don't want them to use their phones at the table. Maybe you want to use it instead of, you know, lugging books around. And these phone PDFs are kind of interesting the way they've done the formatting. They've kind of, um, you know, 
I don't know how they did them so, you know, so fast because Zweihander is a huge book and uh, they broke it down and, and, you know, made it more, you know, phone friendly, certainly way more phone friendly than the regular PDF would be and, and have all these links on the side. And it's kind of, it's kind of a creative thing to see how people, you know, change their books to make them more phone accessible. So this will be interesting to see if this trend continues, if there's a lot more of these phone PDFs coming out and everything, but depending on how you like to game, if you're, I'm, I'm kind of a tactile want, want a book in my hand. Even if I get something in PDF that I really like, I'm looking for a way to order it and print or print it myself. But for many other people, I'm sure a lot of people don't like the clutter of books and they just like everything digital. And uh, so phone PDFs could be awesome for them. I think these could be really cool in situations where you can't easily read. So um, I've always disliked standard PDFs, the way the bookmarkings and stuff work. Sometimes if you're reading them on your phone and they're just the way they're laid out, you're having to zoom in and zoom out. But these are made to be optimized for your phone. So pretty cool stuff. So if you want to take a look at the a review of these three phone PDFs and some more uh, news about, you know, what's going on with that, you can find that at cannibalhalflinggaming.com. The Cave Girl, Emmy Allen, did a review of a game I never heard of called The Shivering Circle. And uh, this game, let's see who the author is. Howard David Ingham. And uh, a folk horror role-playing game. And Emmy Allen uh, gives it a great review. It says it's absolutely my jam. I love this. That's a direct quote. And, then, and I know Cave Girl, um, you know, people tend to dig Cave Girl stuff. So uh, it's a strong recommendation. And since it was a book I'd never heard of, um, I thought this would might be worth putting up and letting people check it out. So if you want to hear more about the Shivering Circle and see what this folk horror role-playing game is all about, you can check that out over at Cave Girls Game Stuff. That's cavegirlgames.blogspot.com. Let's see. Yeah, okay, so Matt Colville. Um, if you don't know that name, you know, a lot of people do. They, they, they put up a, uh, they had a Kickstarter recently for this Strongholds and Followers book for 5e that ended up being just a massive runaway success and, uh, you know, did over a million, well over a million. So I heard about it a lot when the Kickstarter was going. It's called Strongholds and Followers, and it's kind of, I guess, like a mass combat or you know, stronghold system for 5e and everything. Maybe not mass combat, but certainly um, henchmen and hirelings and strongholds and stuff like that. Uh, I don't have the book, if you can't tell. But, but see, I heard a lot about it during the Kickstarter, but I, didn't, I haven't heard anything really about it since. I hadn't seen a review that I can remember. I haven't um, seen people, a lot of people talking about it. So I, you know, I'm just completely ignorant of what the book was about. And so then I saw that at the Dreams in the Lich House blog, dreamsinthelichhouse.blogspot.com, John Arendt over there has got a review of that, the Strongholds and Followers book. So if you're like me, you know nothing about it, but you're maybe curious having heard about the success of the Kickstarter, you can go over there and check that out and take a look at Matt Colville's Strongholds and Followers to see if it's something you might be interested in for your 5e game. And then a post I just saw maybe, to, no, it was yesterday. I'm doing this on Tuesday. I usually do these on Tuesdays to get them out bright and early on Wednesday mornings for y'all. So this is over at the Throne of Salt blog. That's Dan's blog, uh, throneofsalt.blogspot.com. They did a little post called Shotgun RPG Reviews. 
Turns out I can do a lot more reviews if I do them small and scattershot. And I like this because they were able to touch on a bunch of different things at once, including the new Trilemma Adventures book. Excellent from Michael Prescott. Just got the PDF myself from the Kickstarter. Can't wait for the hard copy of that. Talks about the Chain Coffin from Michael Curtis. Um, Umberwell from Jack Shear. The new Ultraviolet Grasslands, amongst other things. So if you want to see some quick kind of bullet point uh, reviews on a lot of new kind of old school releases, old school and otherwise tending towards the old school. You can check that out over at throneofsalt.blogspot.com. All right, let's do some random tables. Rolling, rolling. Well, first I'm clicking. I'm over at Archons March On, archonsmarchon.blogspot.com. I was talking about this site last week when they did a D100 um superhero name generator now they've got d100 plus super villains so going from the heroes to the villains here and some of these are good the nefarious serpent sergeant scorpion tarantula boy <laughs> tarantula boy now uh, that's quality so anyway you can click on this thing get some super villain names for your uh superhero game over at archons march on and I really like this one, Brian Richmond over at the Goatman's Goblet. Did an, uh, Goatmansgoblet.com did an interesting post where they're talking about just quality of firewood, right? That, you know, out camping and how they've, um, they've had some, they've had the misfortune of preparing firewood from scavenged wood found in forests and been attacked by bees, wasps, spiders, and no small amount of spores and dust. And so they, they've got these tables you can use for your group, um, you know, when they're camping or whatever. And you can have, like, good effects, of like the good firewood, and then bad effect, firewood calamities for the bad firewood. So, let's see something good. So, uh, so yeah, so a warm and comforting fire. Party members who rest by the fire, fire gain a full night's rest, even if they otherwise suffered exhaustion. Or made to take a watch. So good fire. Now let's look at some of the bad fire. Firewood calamities to spring on your players. Uh, spiders, numerous and vile, crawl out of the wood and onto the hand of the fire starter before they can burn the wood. Save or be bitten, suffering a point of damage and a reaction which makes the hand swollen and unusable for 24 hours. So taking it easy on the player there. No save or die. Let's see, another firewood calamity real quick. Uh, let's see. Acrid, heavy, collapsing clouds of smoke becomes an issue once the party is asleep. Save or wake up choking the fire out and suffer exhaustion. So interesting idea, kind of unique. I've never seen someone do something with, uh, you know, random tables with the firewood for your, for your, uh, your players when they're camping, but I thought that was a cool idea. Check it out over at goatmansgoblet.com. Finally, I saw this on uh, numerous blogs. A really co someone made this really cool one-page dungeon generator. Uh, they go by the, by the handle Whatabow, W-A-T-A-B-O-U, or Whataboo. I don't, I'm not sure how they pronounce it. Whataboo.itch.io. Again, it's a one-page dungeon generator. You can just click it or refresh it, and it it, uh, it makes a kind of a Dyson Logos-esque little mini dungeon. Um, gives you a title, some flavor, kind of gives you some flavor for a few rooms. Really cool. It's actually really, really nice. Um, it kind of gets you, it doesn't completely stock it or anything, but it gets you, you know, 
most of the way towards having a, a completed little dungeon. So I've got the link up for this. Go over, refresh it, click on it, check it out, see what you think. And now, a word from our sponsors. All right, let's talk about some free stuff that I spotted. And a lot of the free stuff this week is kind of weird, kind of uh, like some of it might not be helpful or useful or cool to maybe a, a lot of listeners, but then there's probably a listener out there that where it's like, oh, this is what I've been waiting for. It's like the exact kind of weird thing you needed. I don't know. Maybe you'll see what I mean as I start talking about some of it. Starting over at polyhedralnonsense.wordpress.com, they've got some a PDF you can download to make some alien xenomorph paper minis. Uh, I know there's a, I guess is it is it Free League or Modifius uh, is doing an alien RPG, you know, an upcoming alien RPG. So maybe prepare for that, or these would be great for mothership or whatever. So you can check that out at polyhedralnonsense.wordpress.com. Then at psychicmayhem.blogspot.com, this is an interesting thing. that They're running Emmy Allen. I mentioned Cave Girl before. Emmy Allen's The Gardens of Yin. They're running it for 5e. So they've got this Yinian changeling race uh, for 5e. You know, if you die in the Garden of Yin, apparently you must come back as a Yinian changeling. So they statted that up for 5e. You can download that PDF right now at psychicmayhem.blogspot.com. Great post at Nuclear Haruspex, uh, Nuclear Ooze. It's their own glog hack that they say is influenced by the original glog, rat on a stick, die trying, and mimics and miscreants. I've tried to unravel this whole glog thing uh, before. Still quite confusing to me, but this, I really liked this PDF. Uh, I love the layout and creativity of it. It's uh, done by Micah A. over here at Nuclear Haruspex. So, this nuclear ooze glog hack. Download that PDF right now. Uh, another awesome pamphlet dungeon from Talisman over at 9and30kingdoms.blogspot.com. Demonic Dangers Dungeon Expander Pamphlet PDF. Download it now. Let's see here. D20 Pirates. D20 Pirates. This is an interesting site. D20Pirates.blogspot.com. They're doing some stuff for Savage Worlds. And it is a really unique um, flavor. Uh, for example, this is a, you know, a, a ghost of this child that was killed by a cultist and took possession of a raven. And it's kind of like a adventure hook and adventure location kind of deal for Savage Worlds. Very strange, called Small Raven's Flock. You can check that out over at d20pirates.blogspot.com. Uh, Wizards, this is not a weird thing. Wizards put up a new Unearthed Arcana with a new Fighter, Ranger, and Rogue build. So, let's see, the Martial Archetype is the Rune Knight, the Ranger is the Swarm Keeper, and the Rogue is the Revived. So, I don't know what they're working their way towards, but uh, I think somebody said that one of these was taken straight from Planescape or something, so maybe this is... Maybe they're starting to branch out with the settings. You know, they did, they got Eberron coming out. So maybe they're starting to, you know, go into the different setting directions. I don't know. It's only speculation. I was always hoping they'd do Spelljammer. But um, we'll see. Anyway, a new fighter, ranger, and rogue archetype set over at Wizards. 
And then finally on the free stuff, this is cool, Axes and Orcs, blogging over at axesandorcs.blogspot.com. I didn't know anything about this, but they mentioned in passing how they submitted some backgrounds to this Troika Jam. So there's this, uh, I know there's a lot of Anchorites and other folks out there into Troika. And so there's been this Troika Backgrounds Jam over at itch.io and a bunch of people have uh, where you can download for free or, you know, tip or whatever. Um, a bunch of backgrounds, tons actually, um, looks like, you know, maybe 40 to 50 backgrounds for Troika that you can go and check out and download. So I know some listeners are into Troika out there. Be sure and check that out. And I think that is, yep, that's it. Some killer and miscellaneous stuff this week. And I'm starting over at whose measure God could not take whose measure.blogspot.com. This is Flox's blog. And I have to say, this is maybe my favorite blog post I've read in quite some time because it actually got me thinking and stuff. And it uh, it's called Testing Equipment. And it refers back to a post from Arnold K. from Goblin Punch talking about when designing a dungeon, you should ask what is tested. And the Goblin Punch, old Goblin Punch article is talking about, you know, does your... Does your dungeon test their problem-solving abilities, their role-playing abilities, system mastery, whatever? And and Phlox takes it and thinks of a, makes a list of standard equip, equipment and how an environment might test for it. And so the idea here is it's kind of different. Instead of just kind of like your players kind of you know looking at us, throwing stuff out there, and your players do what they do or whatever. This is kind of more deliberate thinking maybe about your player's equipment and, 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 and how you might set up challenges that, that may end up utilizing that equipment. For example, you know, it's got uh, lids, trap, you know, to add lids, trap doors, wall decorations that might be of value, openings that can be jammed open to test the party's crowbar, right? Or um, cliffs to be climbed. Heavy items that need to be lifted to test their rope. Um, distant details made out from far away. Small details to test their spyglass. Uh, um, tight spaces maybe to be squeezed through testing their use of grease. Um, and this kind of thing. And so it, I, I'd invite you to go read it because obviously I'm doing a the usual froth job of <laughs> explaining it. But... It's kind of a cool way to maybe think a little bit differently. And I, I guess it goes back to Arnold K too. Um, obviously, they, they both deserve credit for this. But I, I had not never seen the old, uh, it's from the original post was back from 2015. It's not one that I had seen. But I, I really like this combination of posts. It made me think a lot. You know, you can think about if your players have unique items and things like this, it, you, you can kind of maybe consider designing some challenges around it now i don't know some people might i don't know why you wouldn't like that idea but um it's not it's not exactly doing something to be to you know make it too easy on the players or whatever it's just kind of you know thinking about general equipment and maybe thinking about challenges that you can lay out in dungeons or whatever that that would uh, necessitate the the use of certain items or whatever. Anyway, again, I'm doing a froth job of explaining it. So. But check out this post, Testing Equipment, over at whosemeasure.blogspot.com. I thought it was really interesting. 
um, and it, it's had me thinking, um, you know, since I read it last week. So uh, that tells me it was a, a, at least a really cool post to me. So good stuff. All right, so you have probably heard a lot of legendary, world-renowned anchorites podcasting here on Anchor talking about Dave Arneson over the month of October as it is Arneson Appreciation Month. And recently I brought up D.H. Boggs and their Arneson retro clone, their kind of attempt at recreating the early Arneson kind of proto-D&D rules, uh, Dragons at Dawn. I did that on an Unknown Clones episode a couple Fridays ago. So I'm going back over to D.H. Boggs, Bogswood blog, Hidden in Shadows, bogswood.blogspot.com. They often do really cool Blackmore and Arneson-related posts with a lot of interesting scholarship and history. And uh, this post called the Blackmore Timeline 2019 is strictly canon version of the Blackmore um, uh, setting timeline. And they utilize the first fantasy campaign, Judges Guild book, as well as the uh, TSR um, DA modules, the later uh, Blackmore supplements for 3X and 4th edition, and go through and, you know, notate it and reference it and everything and kind of go through the history of Blackmore uh, based on, you know, existing canon and everything. I thought this was a lot of work, an incredible amount of work, and very, very interesting, too, to kind of follow the storyline and, and everything. So uh, just another really killer um, Blackmore Arneson-related post from D.H. Boggs. Thank you for doing that, bogswood.blogspot.com. And I kind of saw that um, part of the reason that Dragons at Dawn, if you've listened to, to me talk about it on that um, podcast, the Unknown Clones, Dragons at Dawn, 5-Minute Friday, Part of the reason it's not available right now is it appears, at least based on my research, checking out different uh, um, forum posts and everything that Boggs has made, apparently at some point there's going to be a revised edition dropping. They found some maybe some information that uh, they didn't have before that will kind of change the mechanics a little bit, something like that. So something else to look forward to. Um, so anyway, check that out over at bogswood.blogspot.com, the Blackmore Timeline 2019. Uh, a post I saw that I thought was cool at Dungeoneering, dungeoneering.blogspot.com. They put up a post reimagining the DMG cover. And I just really like the art on this. They said that uh, one of their ideas was kind of re-envisioning the, the um, original AD&D covers kind of like a fan art sort of thing. And, and this person's really talented and they did a, uh, um, um, uh, well, I put up a photo of, of how they do the, uh, um, the Afridi and they're, they're kind of test sketches of it. And I just thought this was kind of a neat idea how they're, you know, trying to do a reimagining of the DMG, the old, uh, one E DMG. So, Anyway, I really enjoyed the art. You can check that out over at dungeoneering.blogspot.com. And in the spirit of Halloween, over at Dumpstat, dumpstatadventures.com, they did a blog post called Deep Dive the Werewolf. And so they're going through all the editions of D&D, checking out the stats and the kind of the differences of the werewolf throughout all the editions. So I thought that was awesome. Uh, really cool. Uh, kind of see how it's changed over time. 
And then since we were on the subject of werewolves, I noticed over at Medievalist.net, they put up a post, Five Things You Might Not Know About Medieval Werewolves. Medieval authors were fascinated by werewolves just as much as we are, yet, despite all the ferocity, the werewolf they imagined is not quite the same monster in our era. Five things you might not know about medieval werewolves. And I'm going to make you just have to go over there and read them. I'm going to just kind of tantalize you with that. Five things you might not know about medieval werewolves. Uh, Eberron and some of these you know, D new D&D settings and the works kind of came up earlier <clears throat> at sageadvice.eu. Cool video, Keith Baker, James Hake, and Todd Kenrick. So James and Todd interviewing Eberron creator Keith Baker. This is like an hour-long video of an interview about Eberron with Eberron right around the corner. I thought this would be cool to check out at sageadvice.eu. Over at the Indie Game Reading Club, I like this post a lot, indiegamereadingclub.com. 50 Lessons About Role-Playing. They said it's their 50th birthday last week, so it's 50 lessons they learned about role-playing. And so uh, it has some interesting stuff in here. I'll just read out a couple. Play as many different kinds of games as you can to learn more about your favorites. Um, enthusiasm will paper over any hiccups you may have about formal procedures. So just like 50 little words of wisdom, you know, from somebody that's been gaming a long time. So I just liked it. Uh, and plus, you know, um, as I've been thinking recently about um, uh, weaknesses as a GM. Uh, it seemed somehow kind of timely to see a post like this about some 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 uh, you know good ideas and everything. So go and see. You know you might not agree with every single one of them, but uh, fifty little brief little lessons about role playing over at the IndieGamesReadingClub.com. Enjoyed that post. Uh, another cool post at Tribality this time, Tribality.com. A Guide to Hexcrawling Part 1, Tomas Jimenez Rioja. Uh, and Part 2 hadn't come out yet. This was on the 15th this came out, so I imagine Part 2 to, be, to follow at some point. Lots of great hex maps on here. Kind of takes you back through the hexcrawling origins of D&D with the old outdoor survival um, map and and uh, talks a little, just a little about random encounters and this kind of thing. Again, a lot of great maps on this. So kind of a general look at, um, at hex crawls, kind of an introduction level um, uh, post about it. But you know, there's a lot of hex crawlers listening to this, so you might want to check that out and follow along with that series. I, uh, I thought it was pretty good. And, um, and like I say, I, I, I liked seeing all these maps. <laughs> The final miscellaneous thing, uh, kind of saved the best for last. This is awesome. And it's a little bit of blogger humor. Like if you blog on WordPress, it might be meaningless to you, but if you blog on blogger, um, especially over the last year, some spammers have really stepped up their game and probably the king of all spammers, uh, is whoever is behind this Lord Mark, these Lord Mark posts and Lord Mark basically approaches you and, uh, you know, in broken English offers you, you know, to change your life by making you a, you a vampire, you know, and you'll be rich, famous, and, you know, <laughs> all this, and a vampire. So, um, everybody's probably gotten these. I've done a spam post with this Lord Mark stuff and some other stuff before, too, but uh, no one's taken it as far as Tomas Kisbali over at eldritchfields.blogspot.com. They have statted out Lord Mark, you know, so they've got... <laughs> stats for Lord Mark from the blogger spam. So I know it's kind of an end joke. It might be meaningless to a lot of people listening to it, but 
most people I would say that blog on the blogger platform will know what I'm talking about and get a kick out of it. That was a funny idea from Tomas Kisbali over at eldritchfields.blogspot.com. For the final topic today, I've got to give a huge shout out to Charles Akins. Charles did the Devers blog and now does the Dragons Never Forget blog, dragonsneverforget.wordpress.com. Back in the G Plus days, Charles did a huge service to the old school community, uh, just our blogosphere in general, um, putting together these great blog roll calls where they would, you know, it's one thing to have a blog roll, you know, like um, like the uh, the Read or Die blog roll on the Thought Eater blog, you know. Uh, but it's another to like, you know, you're just seeing kind of names and topics when you look at that. With these great blog roll calls, Charles actually went through to each blog and did a little blurb, how many times they update, kind of what the, they usually talk about, and kind of gives you some flavor to where you can make kind of a more informed decision if it's something you want to check out or you might find a blog you'd never heard of. And it's just a great, you know, it was a great service to to the community and to bloggers, helping them get, you know, promote, you know, helping to promote other people's blogs. Did it a couple times, you know, and then Google Plus had gone away and everything. And now just this week, Charles has put up a new blog roll call and it's got 450 blogs on here and goes through each blog, you know, and gives you a little bit of information about them and has them all listed with links. And it's just an incredible resource. And this, this show is all about celebrating the blogosphere promoting bloggers, uh, I had to tip my cap and, and feature this as the final topic today because it is such a large amount of work to go through 450 blogs and, and write some, some, some information about it like this. must have taken Charles a long, long time to do it, and it is really, really handy. Um, in fact, part of the way I built my blog role originally was going through Charles's um, one of his old... Uh, roll calls and, and picking, you know, picking out blogs from that and everything. And now I'm going to look at this again and make sure I got all these on my blog roll. And, uh, Charles was really kind. I had some good words to say about my blog and, and was really, uh, you know, spot on because, um, for a long time, I really let this blog die and I just wasn't as into it. I mean, part of that was Google plus and, and everything else. But, you know, they mentioned, uh, the hump day bloggerama on there and give me a shout and everything. And I just thought that was really nice. And, uh, I think Charles did a really good job summing up a lot of these other great blogs that are out there. So, um, if you're just kind of getting it, you know, if you enjoy blogs, but don't know really, you know, just have a couple that you're following and don't know really where to get started. Or maybe you listen to bloggerama and you find a few things or whatever. If you really want to dig in, to some good descriptions of a bunch of different blogs and maybe find some that you've never heard, find some new favorites or get reminded of one that, that maybe you had checked out a long time ago and don't have a link anymore and have forgotten about whatever it is. Uh, you, if you're into RPG blogs at all, um, check out this post. I've got the link up a great uh, blog roll call. Uh, for 2019 over at dragonsneverforget.wordpress.com. And Charles, thank you so much for doing this. 
tons of work you put into this and it shows and it is just an invaluable awesome awesome resource for bloggers people that enjoy blogs and just the community as a whole so thank you charles all right that is the show for this week i think i got away with a slightly shorter show so that's a maybe a merciful thing right <laughs> but anyway uh i hope you enjoyed it i enjoyed putting it together for you thank you very much for listening if you want to support the program there are several ways you can do it you can share it on social media and let a friend know about it you can add the thought eater blog to your blog roll you can leave the podcast positive rating on any podcasting platform that allows you to do so you can also join others that are supporting the podcast on patreon patreon.com forward slash thought eater it is only a dollar a month to do so and i'm really thankful for the folks that are supporting the stuff that i do so thanks y'all tremendously Again, my next big things are this Froth University comedy horror game set in the 1980s. Um, If you have not checked out last Sunday's show, kind of prepping for the campaign, you can do so. Also, this coming Sunday, I'll be doing a show uh, uh, introducing you to the class of 1986, introducing the characters. And then November 2nd, we're, should be on target to start the campaign, so you'll be in from the beginning if you want to follow along with those recaps. Uh, and then again, as I mentioned on Friday, we will be do, I'll be having a, um, a special show with a lot of call-ins and comments about um, what you consider your biggest GM weakness. So you have that to look forward to on Friday. Anyway, hope you have a great rest of the week. Hope I got you over that hump. Logan, let's go. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade Zeroing in on your mental trade Gonna help you escape from the grind Thought eater gonna blow your mind